Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You're listening to the Wijha Initiative podcast. These podcast episodes are recordings of our past events that we hold in person on a weekly basis. We hope that by listening to the podcast, you'll be inspired to join us at an event. To keep up with our work, please follow us on Instagram. <laughs> اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما وعملا يا رب العالمين أما بعد. You guys can still hear me with the with the mic, right? Okay. So you guys had a few minutes to talk about ways that you might be able to express to someone that you love them, that you care about them, without verbally saying it. So what are some ways you guys came up with? Okay, okay. Adrahman does this. He gives a, a heart sign. Okay, nice. Anything else? Smiling. Smiling. Beautiful. Yes? Um, your eyes light up when you see them. Mm, your eyes light up. Right? Like a sparkle in your eyes. Or Have you ever heard of smiling with the eyes? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Someone else had something hand up? Yeah? Okay, like just attentiveness to them, showing them attention, as opposed to like looking away and, and yeah, okay, absolutely. What else? Anything else? We need some answers from this side, y'all. Yeah. Sorry? A hug, subhanAllah, subhanAllah. Right, yeah. Do you like small gestures? Small gestures, like? Like holding the door. Oh, beautiful. Yes, holding the door. Um... Maybe pulling back a seat for somebody. Yeah. Beautiful. Anything else? Yeah. I think like when you talk to someone, like your whole body is like facing towards them. Right. So, yeah, not only like mentally giving attention, but physically like facing them um, and not kind of talking to them out of the, from the side kind of thing. Um, yeah, that's, that's actually really important. Uh, you realize it with children. It's really important. We might still be able to get away with it as adults, children. Oh man, you know. Yeah. I'll always check up on them. Checking up on them. How do you check up on them without speaking? That's still that's still speech, right? That's just text. Yeah. Do you understand? Okay. Sorry. Like their Instagram. That's so interesting. Like their Instagram post. Or, that is so interesting. Go a step further, like their story. But... Oh, like this a step further. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know there's levels to this. Oh, so so stories higher. Someone needs to come up and do like a whole lecture on the, you know, hierarchical psychology of Instagram interactions here. What about comment? Is comment like the highest level? Like what is it on 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 on, 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 a, on someone's post? If you comment on, is that like highest level? Oh, sharing is the highest level. All right. This is very interesting. Uh, we're learning new things today. Alhamdulillah. This is very interesting, right? That you can communicate a lot without saying a word. And you guys gave so many, mashallah, excellent examples. Think about our... And, and that's actually very interesting in our religion, right? That we have a lot of physical interaction. We have a lot of physical interaction. Relatively speaking. So, if you think about it, if you think about it, 
When you meet somebody, what do you do in Islam? Like, what are you taught to do when you meet somebody? Yeah. Shake their hand. Right. But even before that, like, usually we say what? We teach people to say? To say salam, right? To say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. It's that big line that, you know, uh, for people who are, are unfamiliar with it, it just sounds like a whole big, you know, mumble jumble. But essentially what you're saying is, peace be upon you. And may God shower His mercy on you, right? And His blessings. So you're like praying for them when you first meet them. That, that should be technically speaking, theoretically, if you think about it, that's enough to convey to the person that you have goodwill towards them. Theoretically. But in Islam, we're taught that you actually complete the salam through what? Through shaking hands. Why? Why would you need to shake hands? For What does shaking hands do for anything? It's very interesting. Because even, you don't have to be Muslim to shake hands and understand the value of it. How many of y'all, when you were small, younger, if you got in like a fight, it often happens on sports teams. You know when you get in a fight, or like a big argument, or even like when you're little kids, and you have to make up. Say sorry, and do what? And shake hands on it. Or if you have a business deal. Why can't you just say like, yeah, I'll buy it off you. Maybe nowadays people still do that. But in the past, what would people do? Shake on it. Do you understand? Like there's this, real, this, there's this dynamic that we take it for granted that it's just a normal thing to do. Outside of you know, like a religious context, when you meet somebody and you shake hands, it's seen as a sign of respect. No? Which is why the refusal, the refusal you know, that many of us may have experienced because in our religion, you don't shake hands with the opposite gender. That refusal can be very offensive to some people. It's like, why are you not shaking my hand? Which is so interesting. Like, if I'm literally smiling at you and saying hi, and I'm, I'm, I'm outwardly showing all these positive behaviors, but I'm refusing to shake your hand, it's still seen as what? Oh, you're offending me. There's a lot of importance attached to shaking hands. And that's a very interesting thing to think about. Like, why would that be? There's, some, there's a special power to physical touch. And that's what we want to talk about today, is how much you can convey to somebody through your physical touch, but also through just body language. Many of you gave examples of body language, you know, facing the person, or just like being attentive as you listen to them. You know, um, you ever been taught like when you're speaking to somebody, uh, nod your head as you're like listening, you know, like do that. You're taught how to listen and kind of show them that you're paying attention. All these, this body language. How many of y'all have taken an interest at some point in your life in body language? Right? And what that means. And then you start becoming very self-conscious about it. Right? Like, you know, my posture. And so you become like, it can become a bit awkward when you try to force it. You know what I'm saying? But we recognize that there is some message that is sent through your body language. Like, imagine someone walks without moving their hands. What happens right away? You notice it. Have you, do you realize that? You would notice it right away. This person sums up. Like, they're just walking from here to there, but they're not moving their hands. 
And if they're moving it too much, what happens then? You become Conor McGregor. You get what I'm saying? Then it's too much now. And so like, it's very interesting how we have to be so precise and accurate in our body language in order to convey the right message. Too much is like, I'm arrogant. Not enough is like, I'm really, I don't know, like really anxious or something that I'm, I can't even move my hands. And so we start to interpret body language, which is very fascinating. In our religion, we're taught, shake hands, right? Shake hands. Um, the Prophet wasallam, there's a hadith that's mentioned that Anas who reports that when the companions of the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, وسلم, if they were just meeting on a day-to-day -day basis, they would shake hands. But if someone had gone somewhere for like a prolonged period of time, you know, like one week, two weeks or longer, when they would come back, they would make sure to hug them as a welcoming and, and as, as, a, as a form of welcome and greeting. Does that make sense? Now, you could hug more often. I think uh, it's quite common for us to just hug, you know, on a weekly basis, for example. Um, if it's not a full hug, it's like the little shoulder kind of bump thing. Um, we do that. We do that. Now, the Prophet Sallallahu he used to do this, and the companions would do this. Now, I want to talk a little bit from the psychological perspective about the value of this. How many parents do we have here? Any parents? We have a few parents, I think. Right. So, if you're a parent, you know, or even if you're not, you might know, um, the value of skin-to-skin -skin contact for an infant. When a child's born, if you've ever, as if you're a parent and you've seen this happen, you've seen childbirth, immediately, as soon as the child comes up, they put it right on the, on, on the mother. And it's kind of jarring because the child's not been bathed. You understand? Like the child's just born and then boom, they put it right on the mother. Skin-to-skin -skin contact or the father would take it. And the idea is that skin-to-skin -skin contact. Which is interesting because at such a young age, like just born literally seconds ago, research has shown that there's incredible soothing that the child experiences due to skin-to-skin -skin contact. Have you ever put your finger in a little infant's hand? What, is the, what does the infant do? Squeezes it. This is a reflex, by the way. It's known as the the Palmer grasp reflex, right? And again, why would we have that reflex? Think about it as an infant. The infant, the, re, the reflex to grab, to hold on, to connect. Do you get what I'm saying? Like from a young age, it's not just that children need what? Nutrition, like food and stuff. They need emotional contact and, and physical touch. There's this term thrown around, it's not a medical term, right? But this term thrown around is called skin hunger or touch deprivation. You ever heard of this? There's, there's, there's very interesting research on this. Um, Charles Nelson from Harvard, he did a study at a Romanian orphanage. He went to this orphanage where it's, it's a huge institution. And um, I think this was years back, but essentially, because the institution was so large and the staff, they didn't have a huge staff, the staff was able to feed all the 
children there, but not really give them affectionate time. Right? So they would feed them until the, the, they were well fed, the children in that orphanage, yet they were not shown affectionate love. There were no hugs, there was no cuddling, there was none of that happening. And as a result, when, they, when, when he studied these children and their health and well-being, he found stunted physical health and mental health. And this is just, again, such an interesting thing to think about, right? Um, that if we're not physically touched in a way that conveys love, it would be actually are harmed by that. Do you get that? That's why like, you can calm someone down by just hugging them. You ever thought about that? Imagine someone's in, 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 in a lot of stress and you give them a hug. Did you solve their problem? You didn't solve their problem. They still got whatever stress that's on their mind. They still have that stress in their life. Why would a hug have the power to calm the person? Any ideas? What message is sent through that? Yeah. Okay, definitely showing importance to them. Yeah. Yeah, like same thing, like I'm there for you kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. I support you through your family. I, I like the word support there. Yeah. Because you're literally like supporting them. Have you ever seen somebody in pain or in shock, almost like grief, collapse? Have you ever seen that? Maybe not in real life, it's not in a movie probably. You give like really bad news to somebody and what happens? They collapse. Like they don't have the strength to stand. <laughs> And then you hold them, you grasp them, you like pull them back up, like don't fall. A hug, in a sense, is what? An embrace of holding somebody's support. This is something I think about a lot. I think a lot of what we do is an attempt to escape the innate loneliness that we as humans experience. We enjoy conversations, for example, why? Not just because you learn something, you may, you may not learn anything in a conversation. But if someone listens to you and hears you, you feel what? You feel like you're not alone in your experience. This is very important to us. Right? How many of you have seen a video on some social media, either Instagram or TikTok or something? And you're like, oh, so everybody does that? And you feel kind of relieved, like, I thought I was the only person who had this weird thing that I just do this when I get home or when I'm in my room, I do this. And, oh, okay, everybody does it. Oh, this is not... And comments, right? I thought I was the only one. You know what I'm saying? Why is that so comforting? Because you don't want to be the only one. You don't want to be lonely as the only person experiencing this or being this way. We, we like to be around other people. We like to do things together. I was talking to somebody... You know, the other day, and they're telling me, like, I only go to restaurants with, with people. To be honest, I thought that was normal. I was like, I thought everyone goes to restaurants only with people. Did any of y'all go to, like, by yourselves? Yeah? Okay, some of y'all go by yourselves. Okay. That's interesting, because that was always the case for me. Like, I never thought about going to a restaurant by myself. Cafe, yeah, I'll go to a cafe by myself. Right? But even then, 
just, just to be clear, guys. I don't just sit there with a cup of coffee looking around like a psycho, right? Like, that's not what I do. Like, I take a laptop or something, right? So, it's just, but it's just me, no one else, right? You can't be doing that, right? Because it's a bit, even such behavior would kind of be a bit. Um, no, but subhanAllah, right? The, the, what we, we're constantly seeking that connection. And I think that's why community is so important. Because you could, you could technically, hypothetically, live your life by yourself. But you would suffer. That's just how Allah has created us. If you were to try to just be this one human being with no contact with anybody, there would be harmful effects to your, to your well-being. Absolutely. Community is essential. Community is not an option. And what do you get from community? You get a sense of what? Belonging. You get connection to other people. Physical touch is the most obvious and explicit expression of what? You're not alone. We're literally physically close to each other. Think about sports teams. How many of y'all have been part of a sports team? Or like, a, like, like usually sports teams. Maybe not so much clubs, but like sports teams. The reason I say sports teams is because in sports teams, you'll notice, especially when there's a team, there's a lot of physical touch. Outside of like the actual activity. How many of y'all seen like NBA players with their elaborate handshakes? You know when they're announcing the like players and they're coming in and they're doing the whole, they do all the whole thing. They're, I don't even know how they do it. It's like a whole TikTok dance. You know what I'm saying? Like they do this whole thing and every player has a different one with the different player. I don't know how they memorize that. You know what I'm saying? Like what if you mess it up while the camera's on you on ABC live and you screwed up the handshake with your friend. It's like, oh, I guess they're not that close. I'm, I'm just saying like, it's kind of weird. Right? No, but think about it. There's a lot. There's a really interesting book on this, on this topic called The Culture Code by Daniel Coyle. Essentially, what he wanted to do was study organizations, teams, groups of people that really had a beautiful culture. And his goal was to essentially study what creates a really positive, welcoming, uh, healthy culture. That could be applied to your team, to your workplace, to your community. Um, so one of the things he talks about is when he went to study what he considered highly successful groups. And for him that meant groups that were able to accomplish their goals. Whatever the group was involved in. He said one of the things he noticed amongst the people in those groups, number one is they often enjoyed close physical proximity. He said often in circles. He said they would often like come together and sit in circles. This is actually why we purposely put you all on the floor. This was, not, this was by design. We could put chairs out. We have chairs literally right here. We could have done that. But if you've noticed, with chairs, you kind of feel separate. If you sit like this, you naturally feel very what? Rubbing shoulders with the person beside you. Do you get what I'm saying? Like you're literally beside each other. In our religion, you're forced into close physical proximity where? In Salat. Right? And for some people that can be jarring when they're not used to it. This person just getting really close to you, rubbing their shoulder up against you. And maybe they're trying to get your foot on, close to you too. Right? And you're just kind of like, right? But that's part of our deen. The Prophet ﷺ said in one hadith, you better straighten your rows and fill in the gaps in your prayer. When you stand up for prayer, fill in the gaps. And he says, what? 
lest your hearts differ. Subhanallah. Lest your hearts differ. Interesting that your lack of being physical, physically close to somebody could lead to you not feeling close to them inwardly. That your heart doesn't feel close to them. Do you understand that? How many of y'all have been on a drive, right, where you kind of crammed into the car or the van? Hopefully not too many people, but let's say it was a lot of luggage as well, and you were like jammed in with people. And beforehand you're like, oh, this is going to be a miserable drive. But it just turned out to be mad jokes. Y'all experienced that? Anyone show of hands? You know what I'm talking about? Which is so different than what? If you had, mashallah, your own little cubicle and everybody's sitting separate and all that, there's a big difference. Physical proximity has its impact on bringing, literally bringing people together, bringing their hearts together. Do you understand? Coyle goes on to say that a lot of eye contact as well. Like you would look people in the eye when you speak. Um, a lot of physical touch, he says. So like handshakes, Fist bumps, hugs, right? Fist bumps, hugs, different things that you'd see. You see them in, 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 in sports all the time on these teams. In basketball, there's the classic what? Bam on the back, yo. That's not my cup of tea, but yo, people do it, right? It's part of the, it's part of the culture, all right? Um, everybody talks to everybody. He says, everyone engages with everybody. There's few interruptions. A lot of questions. He says, intense, active listening. He says, humor. And then uh, someone said it. Small, attentive courtesies. Opening the door for people. Who said that? Someone said it here. Way oh, yeah, back there. Opening the door for people. Um, saying thank you. Right? Saying you're welcome. Really making sure that people feel, feel acknowledged. Do you understand? This is really critical. This is something that we have to make an effort to cultivate. Because when you first interact with someone, you first come in contact, what's your question? It's a stranger. You're standing in front of the stranger, your question is what? Am I safe around this person? Right? Am I safe? Does this person hate me? What does our deen teach us to do? <coughs> Initiate salam. <coughs> And there's so much reward, not just in responding, but there's greater reward in initiating the salam. Because in initiating the salam, you convey what? You're safe. You're at peace when you're with me. I will not cause you any harm. I won't cause you any grief, any distress. And subhanAllah, you know when you meet somebody and they say salam, this is a beautiful thing. When you travel the world, again, maybe... Here sometimes we don't even know who's Muslim sometimes, right? So we just don't often say salam if we're not sure. If you, who's been to a country where every, like, the majority at least are Muslims? And you just say salam to everybody. And it's a really beautiful thing if you're not used to it. How many of y'all have experienced that? Because it's the icebreaker. The icebreaker is what? You walk up and say salam. And people immediately are like, oh, this is a Muslim so I can be comfortable around them. I'm just going to turn this off, you know, this thing is, right? Um, subhanallah. So in our deen, there's a great emphasis upon this idea of saying salam, shaking hands. 
there's a hadith in, in, in the Sunan of Imam Al-Tirmidhi where he mentions the Prophet said, he said, whenever two Muslims meet and they shake hands, not just say salam, but they shake hands. He says, before they let go of their hands, all of their sins are forgiven, the minor sins. All of their minor sins are forgiven. The hadith does not even say salam. The understanding is that you would say salam, of course. But it's really emphasizing the point of shaking hands. Does that make sense? This is not something that we should take lightly. These, these practices that we're taught in our religion of shaking hands, or meeting somebody and greeting them with a hug if you see them after a long time. Right? These gestures that are nonverbal, but convey to people what? This is what a big part of adab is. You know adab, etiquette and respect? Someone say, what's the big deal, man? Hey, what's the big deal? Like, why do I got to do this or do that? Why do I have to like, what's the point of doing this or moving the chair for them? No. But you non-verbally convey to them what they mean to you. Do you understand? You non-verbally convey to them what they mean to you. Subhanallah. Um... There are multiple ahadith where it's mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ, when he would speak to children, he would pass his hand over their head. Like obviously you could just talk to a child, but he would pass his hand as a sign of like rahmah and compassion towards them. Pass his hand over their head. There's a hadith in Bukhari. This is a very interesting hadith. Narrated by Anas radiallahu anhu. He narrates that after the battle of Khaybar, the Prophet ﷺ married Safiya binti Huyayi. He narrates, he says, I saw the Prophet ﷺ when he was about to travel with Safiya on the back of his conveyance, the animal, he essentially made a kind of cushion with his cloak. He took his cloak, folded up in a way that it would be like a cushion for her to sit on. Then the hadith goes on to say, he then sat beside his camel and he put his knee down for Safiya to put her foot on in order to get on the camel. This hadith is in Bukhari. This is what? This equivalent today of what? Holding the door open. Do you understand? Oh, she can open her own door. That's true. She could do that. But this is a non-verbal way to communicate what? What, you, what that person means to you. That's where you hear the idea of love languages and being able to convey it in different ways. Right? Right about now, for some people, what's their love language? Is a pumpkin spice latte. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm just kidding. Do <laughs> you get what I'm trying to say here? For some people, that's what it is right now, right? There's different ways you convey this. Different ways. The Prophet ﷺ taught us, تَحَادَوْ تَحَابُوا Exchange gifts, and you'll increase in love for one another. Well, I'm not materialistic. That's not the point. Or no one said you're materialistic. But when you, if you know that somebody took out time to go and buy something and give it to you, it means that it's not even about the thing anymore. It's the, the thought, really. It's the time they took out to buy you that gift. Do you understand? I got to be careful when I talk about gifts. Because if I talk about gifts, I get people come up to me, Sheikh, here's a gift. I'm like, bro, that's not what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm not trying to say, come bring me gifts, you know. Like, 
But mashallah, you know, like we should be giving gifts to one another, mashallah. You know what I'm saying? Um, to express that love. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to end it here, inshallah, with a few points about. We, and, and mashallah, most of you gave these examples of ways that are not necessarily now physical touch, but ways that are nonverbal, you know, f- you know, body language that expresses what? Our care and concern for other people. One of the ones that we find very salient in the life of the Prophet ﷺ is his smiling. Do you understand? His smiling. One, one companion says, مَا رَأَيْتُ أَحَدًا أَكْثَرَ تَبَسُّمًا مِنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم. I never saw anybody smile more than the Prophet Do you understand? One companion says that after I accepted Islam, I never saw the Prophet except that he smiled at me. مَا رَآنِي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ إِلَّا تَبَسَّمَ Subhanallah. Right? Like, that's a lot of smiling. And that's our Prophet. And that's something that we ought to, to emulate and make an effort to emulate. Right? There's a very famous hadith that many of us will be aware of where the Prophet ﷺ, when he would speak to people, he would turn his whole body towards them. And like I said, if you have kids, oh, you, 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 know, you know how this works. It happens all the time. Right? My kids do it all the time. They'll say, Abu. And I'll be like doing something, right? So I'll say, Gee, or what? That's not it. They're going to repeat, Abu. I'm just like, gee, like I heard you. I thought maybe they didn't hear me, so I said louder. And it, my daughter gets to the point where she's just like, Abu, look, look at me. And I'm like, oh, sorry, so I have to look. You know what I mean? Because maybe with adults, we do that, right? You're doing something, someone calls your name, Usman, you're like, yeah. They're like, hey, we want to do this? You're like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. You know, like, we kind of just casually, without fully going, giving them that attention, we just kind of interact with young children. Very often, that's, they're not going to accept it. They don't put up with that. Do you know what I mean? They're like, no, you need to look at me. Um, I think it happened here once. I brought my son, and he was talking to somebody. And they were talking to somebody else. They were talking to someone, and he wanted to talk to them. He was like, <laughs> he literally took their chin, like turned their chin, like face me. I want to see your face when we talk. And this person was trying to talk to the person like, yeah, yeah, I'm talking to you, Shrahabil, don't worry. And he was like, mm? like, no, I want to talk to you like this. Subhanallah. Because what? He doesn't feel acknowledged. Right? He doesn't feel acknowledged. Subhanallah. Right? It's like children, does he know psychological theory like about you know, body language and its impact and how much of communication is verbal and how much is non-verbal? No. But what? He's a human being and he has a heart. And he understands when people are paying attention and when people aren't. And as a natural, naturally, as a human, he wants attention. Right? SubhanAllah. The Prophet ﷺ would do that. Turn to people. The Prophet ﷺ would listen without interrupting. And going forward, inshallah, we'll talk a little bit about the importance of listening. And starting with listening, even. Um, and then, there's a very interesting thing here. And we'll finish with this, inshallah. Even, even... You're walking. And I, we touched upon it a little bit, moving your hands when you're walking. But the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an, quotes Luqman. Luqman, may Allah be pleased with him, as saying what? وَلَا تَمْشِي فِي الْأَرْضِ مَرَحًا 
and don't walk with arrogance on the earth. There's, we are prohibited from walking like arrogant people, like a physical gait that is boastful. Really? Why? Why would that be so important? The companions, when they describe the Prophet ﷺ in the Shama'il, they speak about how he walked. As though he was descending from a, an elevated kind of location, right? It's like he was walking downwards, meaning there was a very purposeful intent in his walk. Like he didn't just kind of wander around like lazily. There was humility in his walk, but there was purposeful intent. He walked with purpose. Do you understand? So, can you tell some, anything about a person from how they walk? Can you infer anything about that? A lot of us would say, no, you don't know what's anybody's hearts. A lot of us would do that. That's a politically correct answer, right? Oh, you don't know what's anybody's hearts? Okay, yeah, you're right. But let's say, let's be real here, right? Let's, let's put some consequences so we can see now, we can get beyond the political correctness. If you're walking and you see somebody walking a certain way, that seems to suggest what? That they're a threat. Is that possible? Is it possible that you see somebody and you feel threatened by something about their walk maybe? At that moment, we don't do what? Oh, I don't know what's in their heart. Right? We kind of be like, I'm going to be a bit cautious. No, I'm serious. That's what we do. The political correctness is out the door. Now we're like, what? I got to be careful. I'm not sure. You know? What is it that you can infer from people how they walk? Or how they carry themselves? Or how they look? That's why we're discouraged. We're not supposed to look out of the corner of our eyes. Walking around like this. And we're not supposed to do that. That's extremely disrespectful, and it's almost arrogant. And I don't have time for you. So I'm going to look at you out of the corner of my eye. No, no, it's like I should, I should have enough regard for you that, and, and, and humility to look at you directly. These actions carry, you know, impact. How many of y'all have ever either felt that someone looked at you too long? Or you looked at somebody and they were like, what you looking at? Or I have to do this with my kids a lot. Like, don't look, stop looking. Because like, my kids are just like looking, right? They're just like totally glued in on something. I'm like, no, no, you can't do that. You're going to make them feel weird. They're just, they're just curious, right? Do you understand what I'm saying? If someone's looking at you, can you feel what? That they, they're trying to say something? That's why even to look with kindness. You know, it's mentioned that like, the eyes are like the the mirror of what's in the heart. And so when someone looks at you with kindness, you can almost sense it right away. Do you understand? If someone looks at you with sternness, you can see it right away, which is so fascinating. Kids can sense it right away too. I find kids very fascinating in this regard when it comes to non-verbal communication because they're so attuned to it. And that's why little kids will look at your face a lot to try to ascertain what you're feeling. You ever done that? Done something wrong? And you look at your dad's face, did he, did he realize? Right? You're just looking for the facial expression to change. 
You get what I'm saying? Nonverbal. The point of today's talk was what? Was two things. Number one, to highlight how in the life of the Prophet ﷺ, we see him paying attention, we see him exhibiting through his most noble character, خلق عظيم, Allah describes as, the lofty, lofty character. Through that, not just verbal communication, but even through his non-verbal communication, effectively communicating to others his care, his concern, his, his compassion for them. That he was a rahmah for them. And that's something to work on. That's something to work on. And so the second reason why we've had this discussion is so that hopefully we can start to pay more attention to this. How much am I smiling at people? How much am I giving them attention? How much am I shaking hands? Right? Making it a point to shake hands. Making it a point to put my arm around someone. Of course, you have to make sure that people are comfortable. We're not, we're not saying become like a, a physical touch bully. Right? But to do it in a way that people understand it's, it's love. Insha'Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq to truly, truly uh, make an effort to appreciate the character of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and to emulate it to the best of our abilities. Amin ya rabbal alameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Jazakumullah khair to everybody uh, for coming out. Insha'Allah. Uh, you're always welcome here. You're always welcome here. No matter who you are and how you are, you're always welcome here. We hope to see you again soon, inshallah. Please do, if there's, I don't know if there's any on this side, but if there's any you know, food left over, please help yourselves. Um, and please try to connect with the people around you. Uh, make some new friends, inshallah, before you leave. All right, guys? All right, take care, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. <laughs> أينما تكونوا يأتي بكم الله جميعا إن الله على كل شيء قدير